Welcome to the iSmart Podcast Show with Tom Rogers, founder and CEO of iSmart Networks. We help connect entrepreneurs with key partnerships to build financial freedom. The average millionaire has seven streams of income, and our guests reveal how they created multiple streams in their businesses. We believe that every person has a unique message that can positively impact the world. Stick around for the end of the show, where I'll reveal how you could be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily transformational podcasts on the planet in 15 to 20 minutes. Let's go. Thanks for joining the iSmart podcast. We have Uj Nath. He is the CEO and chairman at My Karma. Thanks for being on the show, Uj. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate you, you know, letting me get on the show here. Yeah. So, you know, we have a, we've got a lot of uh, great feedback coming from what you've done. Uh, you have quite a, f- a phenomenal founder story and what you've been able to create for the auto detail or the, the, the auto uh, industry and different car lots is really quite interesting. So could you kind of dive in on where you uh, started uh, your entre- entrepreneur journey and then we'll go into what is my karma and how it provides value for the market? Sure, sure, Tom. Um, but you know, before I start, um, I should talk a little bit about where I went to school because uh, I owe a major tribute to my undergrad school. It's a school called the Indian Institute of Technology. And there are about 10 or 13 of them now in India. When I went there, there were only five. And I still remember it was a long shot because a half a million people took the test and 2,000 made it in. Wow. And so I thought I was very lucky to get in there. And one of the things that happened was I was surrounded by some really, really smart guys, way smarter than I was. And they always challenged you, so that made your thinking grow a little bit. And I was convinced, I don't know when, it might have been my second or third year of college, that I don't want to work for anybody. So day one, when I left my college, I started a company. And it was a little bit of a hit and miss. I had no finance background, so I almost went bankrupt in two years. But I found a little niche, and we became the largest manufacturer of mining equipment spare parts in India. And at that time, there was a huge shortage of getting spare parts for these large excavators, drag lines, blast hole drills. They were all coming from overseas. So I just re-engineered it to make it locally. Turned out to be a big niche that was underserved, and we were very successful. Sold that. Fantastic. Yeah, came to the U.S. to get an MBA at the University of Texas, Austin, which is another great school. And, you know, when I left from there... For some unknown reason, I was a little attracted to investment banking. And I got a job in Wall Street with then the premier Wall Street banking company, Drexel Burnham Lambert, which uh, I'd say luckily for me went under two and a half years later because I really did not fit with the investment banking. I was more of an entrepreneur, wanted to start my own business. So when in 1990, when it went under, uh, I went under just like Sherson went under in the 2000s. I, I was without a job, didn't know what I wanted to do. So I said, okay, why don't I just start another business, start another business. This time around, you know, consulting with banks and a, a host of other companies on how to make their systems more efficient. And one thing led to the other. And in 1995, we had a real breakthrough. Part of my training in UT was around math models and operations research. And we were doing a, a gig at Honda, American Honda, and they needed to build a new distribution system 
for new cars. Mm-hmm. And when I looked at it, it smelled exactly like a OR problem to me, operations research problem. And this math model that I had in my head looked like it might work. So I went and roped in my professor, the two of us combined, and we developed the algorithms that Honda still uses today. Wow. And then, then on, we went to Toyota, to Nissan, to Volkswagen. Long story short, that consulting firm we ran for, it was a technology consulting firm we ran until 2004 when we got acquired by Snap-on. And Snap-on is the biggest tools manufacturer. Yeah, they're pretty big. (laughs) Everybody knows who they are, right? Everyone, yeah. Yeah, but nobody knows that half their business is software. And we had disrupted their electronic parts catalog business by building a web-based electronic parts catalog for American Honda in, I think, somewhere around 2000. And it was such a big success that I think we threatened them enough to where they... You know, they parked their people outside our office. Was that part of your plan, Uj, or was that no, just no, kind no, of... totally accidental? <laughs> we didn't even know who they were, actually, honestly. And one of the things I think I've been gifted with is when you show me something, I don't look at it linearly. I look at it from this side, from the other side, to see, hey, you know, why is it the way it is? And I was also very lucky. I mean, my Toyota engagement that we did, which is a very large system, it was again an order entry system, new cars. It was a huge system. The total budget for it was $160 million. Jeez. And it took seven years, but in the first two, I failed. But thanks to Toyota's largesse, and they basically said, we don't let anything fail. We don't blame vendors. We teach you how we do business. And they taught me the Toyota production system, which five years later was the, is the most successful $100 million plus system ever built. And wow. it, they got their money back in seven months. So, you know, I learned a lot from there. So when I was at Snap-on, I used a lot of that. I was the regional VP on the West Coast. But after four years of working for a corporation, being an entrepreneur at heart, I couldn't handle it. So when my contract was over, I quit, started screwing around, again, being very close to the auto industry. Because of that first engagement we did for Honda, mm-hmm. we started getting many more auto engagements. And by 2000, we were only automotive. We didn't do any other work. So yeah, makes sense. Uh, yeah, when I quit... For a brief period, I tried to do other things, but we went back to automotive. And then one day I had really, really bad service on my car. It was my Honda Civic Hybrid right here in Cerritos at the Honda store. Everything that could go wrong went wrong, right? I couldn't get a hold of my advisor. The yeah. time, it never showed up on time. And I went in to pay my bill. The bill was different and everything just went wrong. So instead of getting disillusioned by car service, I drove out and called my business partner, who was a fellow worker at Snap-on, and we formed this company together to do consulting. I said, man, I found the mother lord. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And, you know, I'm usually the crazy guy coming up with these crazy ideas. So he listened to me and he said, okay, okay, we'll talk about it Monday. Well, Monday, first thing we did, because we had done a system for Volkswagen for new car distribution, we knew the general manager of Volkswagen Pasadena and Volkswagen Alhambra. So we drove down there. We said, Steve, we want to become service advisors. And the guys looked at us as though we'd, we had something bad to smoke or drink. <laughs> yeah, what are you talking about? <laughs> you talking advice. about that? Long story short, we were, we were hanging around his dealership for 16 months, learning the business and building systems as we were going. And after 16 months, we released our product and then, we got another lucky break, you know, Galpin, which is 13 stores or 13 brands out in on Roscoe Boulevard in the Valley. Mm-hmm. They bought our software lock, stock and barrel 
across every dealership. That's crazy. But like, they felt like it served such a big need. And what we did was we really solved the problem of communicating while you're getting service. Make, so we call ourselves a customer interaction management system. And our thesis is very simple. Forget about marketing and sending you mailers and, and email and post and promotion, all the other nonsense. How about we just take care of you while you're getting your service done? Yeah. Keep you in the in the family because we do it so well that you don't ever want to leave, right? And so we we called it the customer interaction management model. So at every interaction, optimize it for a couple of things. One for basic convenience. Make it so easy to do business with us that you don't want to go anywhere else. Make it totally transparent. So you don't come up with all these hidden fees and this and that. And finally, optimize it for feedback so you become viral, right? You go tell other people that, hey, look at this dealership. It's so good. So Galton yeah. still uses every product of ours. And this is here six years later. And wow. every time they open a new store, they just opened Porsche Santa Clarita, which is one of their stores. They put our software in completely. And now we're, of course, up to almost a thousand dealers, and we're lucky we have Mercedes. Yeah, from my understanding, it's like a it works through SMS, like text message. Correct? Well, that's how we started. We first started by saying, you know, nobody. When I dialed that Cerritos Honda number, it's thank you for calling. You know, Honda of Cerritos, Norman's Honda of Cerritos. This call may be recorded, and then it was 2012 when there was a Honda Accord limited edition special going on. So they announced that. 0% financing, hung up, blah, blah, blah. And I'm right, like, right. Please, who wants to listen to this? And then press one for sales, two for use God, three for service, four for parts, five for something else, six for maybe God. And you know, yeah. you hit one and it rings or two, I forget what it hit. It rang six or seven times. The guy that the frustrating up, experience. Uh, the guy that picked up had no idea who I was. So he ended up first asking my name, like you, you know, you asked my name three, four times. Imagine him trying to spell that on a computer. <laughs> he couldn't find me. But so in the end, he, he asked me, what make, model, year, so it's either Honda Civic Hybrid, 2008, silver. So oh, got it, got it. He says, hang on a second, puts me on hold. Then he comes back, he says, oh, I'm so sorry. Forget her name, I think it was Sherry. So, Sherry's on break, she's gone to lunch. So here I am three and a half, four minutes later, and I, you know, I can't, and most of the times you don't even get that. You get voicemail. And then they call you back and you've, yeah. got, you've got 40 numbers at the dealership and it doesn't match any number, right? So you look at an unknown, just like I screamed you, basically it ended up to where I would let it go into voicemail. So we played voicemail tag all the time. Yeah, it's just a frustrating experience. Very, you know, so very similarly, I'm actually in the process of building an SMS bot that does something kind of like that because we've had so many issues with communication, calling, okay, we contact this person. Well, I really want to get a hold of this person. And then, you know, very similar. So it's amazing that you've been able to build out a software that's you know, helped solve I, this I, problem. I need to Some guys being very persistent and trying to call me. You're a popular guy, Uj. No, <laughs> I'm not a popular guy. This is bullshit. <laughs> and unknown. Look at this. It's unknown. <laughs> Who's going to answer that? Nobody, right? So what we did was we played a trick and you might, you might want to, you know, maybe we could license our software to you for another vertical, but here's what, what we do. We give the whole dealership only one number, okay. one phone number, long, you know, like a normal number. And what happens is when you come in and they open a new ticket on you, we look up that ticket, look up the mobile phone number and send you a text message with a business card. And we say, thank you for coming into Norm Reeves Honda Cerritos. By the way, they're a customer now. 
So uh, please save this number to call or text me. And there's a V card attached. When you save it, it's that, single, it's that single number off that dealership with the name on it. So next time I, you call, it's going to flash. Now I'm going to use Honda calling. So what's the likelihood you're going to reply? Plus, you can text that number, and it pops on the desktop of the service advisor. He can text back from his desktop, from his phone. He can have a text forwarded to his phone. He can reply to that. It'll go out with the same number, one number. And it is revolutionary. When we started, that's what sort of broke the back of this whole model, right? And then the other thing we said was, you know, I got screwed on my payments, right? When I showed up there, they hadn't put the coupon on it. I was like, what happened? I gave you a $25 coupon at 7 a.m. in the morning. First of all, I had to get you at 7. And that's still on the bill. Then 30 minutes later, you know, service manager to the cashier, please, service manager. So we came up with a mobile payment model. So you can pay on your phone before you come in and you can look That's at That's exactly video. what I'm building. It's so funny that you're doing this. <laughs> you're yeah, right. well, you should license our software. You don't need to build it. And <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm going to give it to you for a dirt cheap price. And what happened is you look at your invoice, anything wrong, you text that same number. So the guy gets it. He says, oh, I'm so sorry. Coupon's not on it. I'll put it up. You know how much we're going to do this year? Five billion in payments. That's insane. It is insane. But part of it is, I think this is what Toyota taught me. It's called, it's a term called Genchi Genbutsu which stands for go to the place and see for yourself. So mm -hmm. don't ever design from your perspective because often you'll miss the board. The fact that we were service advisors for 16 months, that made it totally like they were our customers. So we knew exactly how many times it clicked, what happens. I found sticky notes all over the monitor, right? Yeah. I asked that, what do you have sticky notes? And he says, well, how do you remember everything you've got to do? So now when somebody texts, it pops. You can check that message and say snooze for five, 10 minutes. You can put a little note and your sticky notes are all in your system. Genius. All these, all these pieces are so smart. It's because you went into the business and you identified what the customer's needs were. And then you created a system um, synergistically with not only the, the technicians that were operating the system, but the, the feedback from the customers themselves as well. So that way everything works well. So we have two mantras. One mantra is you don't build a system to do work to do work. So you go to CRMs, right? What, what do you have to do? You talk to somebody like, oh, now you have to write your notes in there. So when you make a phone call with us, it's recorded in line, it's transcribed, and it's right there. You don't have to go back and record anything. You send yes, a text, it's recorded. So this is, this is what you're currently still, still operating in? Yes, we're still operating with 900 dealers. And we're slowly but surely, you know, we've got Mercedes, BMW, Porsche, Mini, uh, who else? Audi, Volkswagen, all these guys backing us. And they basically, they, they have become our biggest fans because we solve yeah. such, such a big problem with them. See, it's a very high-end brand. You look at that term behind me, digital service drive. Mm -hmm. That is us that Mercedes resells to the dealer. That's yeah, that's, that's the way to do it. So is that, is that a way that you've been able to create a multiple stream is, you know, this is obviously as it's, you're in a multi-billion dollar, nearly trillion dollar market, the automotive the auto industry is a trillion dollar market. So you yes. can create so many streams of, of revenue within this. Can you kind of expand on that? That's the main, the main focus on our podcast is to kind of talk about those different ways. So, so one thing I sort of disagree with you, you know, and you said it up front that you should create multiple streams of business. You know, when I ask, I go, I do guest lectures at USC's entrepreneurial school and different places. People call me here and there. When I go there, they ask me, so, you know, 
we want to do this. We also want to do that. We also, I said, no, here's what most people don't realize is if you looked at yourself as a portfolio, you own stock, you own homes, you own cars, and you own yourself, you as a body and everything between your ears. The largest piece of the net worth for you, if you look at across your lifetime, is you, is your whatever net worth you have as a person. So what you have to do is you have to focus on yourself. And the way you maximize your focus is if you have a company, you, you put all the energy on that company and you focus. If you ever watch Shark Tank, mm. I watched Shark Tank recently, and Mark Cuban was telling this one guy, she, was, she had a hell of a hammock she found somewhere in Thailand and she was trying to sell it here. But she was trying to come up with this and that and this. And he said, no, no. Till you get to be a fairly large business, stay focused because yeah. there's nobody who can compete with you when you're focused, right? So I don't try and create other streams of income. I try and create all the streams of income within my portfolio, which is my company, but in many sort of slices within the company. So we yeah. built a whole platform and the platform keeps adding, keeps adding, it gets stickier and stickier, and you keep adding more revenue. So when we started, we were charging a dealer somewhere around 700 bucks a dealer. We're now charging them close to $1,500 a dealer. And we're going to probably get to about 2,500 by the end of next year. So imagine if that now applies, you apply $1,000 to 1,000 dealers, that's a million dollars a month, that's 12 million in revenue, that just drops to the bottom line. Right. So it's a different way of looking at life. And I have lots of friends, guys who are always, they're what I call the, the zigzag mask. Yeah, the, the next big thing. I have this yeah, idea. Like a, boom, 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 boom. And, <laughs> and you know, you never get good. You never at get it. anywhere. Cause you have to, it's, uh, you know, I agree with you a hundred percent. You know, um, there's so many different ways you can create multiple streams of income. And I always talk about, um, and we talk with all the guests that have been on the show how they've been able to create multiple streams within their business. You don't always need to go outside of your outside industry. Your Usually I don't recommend doing that. You know, yeah, and, and so here, here's the other model that I follow, which I would have, if anybody watches this, they should think of it. Think of what is your disadvantage when you start. You're small. A big company can just sort of step on you and crush you, right? So what do you have to do? You have to be, totally irrelevant to them. So I call it the Trojan model. So when we started doing texting, there were big players in the space and they were like, oh, what the heck, texting, it's fine. And we never blew our trumpet, never did interviews, never did, didn't come out and, you know, thump our chest saying, we're the best, this, that, the other. We let the number of dealers do the talking. When we have 500 dealers, it's too late. When we have 45 dealers, Mercedes-Benz bet on us. And when we got 252 dealers out of that, they were like people around. A lot of people know me because from my snap-on days. And the guy I beat was my peer who was running another company in, in the same space, much bigger than us. And he was like, dude, how did you pull that off? We didn't even see you guys coming. I said, yeah, it's called the Trojan model. You <laughs> don't see it coming. Right, you just go in there, low key. Don't don't get into this hype of uh, going to this competition and that competition. You know, people have asked me to go into these entrepreneurial competitions all the time, and I absolutely disagree with that approach. It's okay if you're a consumer brand. If you're a business to business brand, you shouldn't do that because the business guys they they have so many st sticky feelers inside these corporations. 
they can crush you, right? So you've got to get big enough. Once you get big enough, then they, they give you elbow room and they let you sit on the table. <laughs> right. Right? But prior to that... Collaboration, creative collaboration and not competition. That's so some really, really great, yeah. great advice. You know, and, and it's, you know, if you've read the Blue Ocean strategy, you know, creating a blue ocean and not going into red ocean. Uh, so many people are trying to compete with the Amazons in business instead of figuring out ways to kind of, you know, go up alongside them, you know, just take. I take mean, or, or, go up, or differentiate yourself to this, to the point that, you know, people are going to want to do business with you. How can you do something that Amazon cannot do well? Yeah. Right. Because Amazon can't do everything well. It's impossible. It's too big. Yeah, it's super, super great advice. One thing, the last thing, I know we're kind of coming on the end of our, uh, our show here. It's a 15-minute podcast that, that brings high-level entrepreneurs and uh, business executives that have created multiple streams of income, either within the business or outside of um, their business in other markets. Uj has been able to create many, many streams of income within the same industry because it's a trillion-dollar industry. The last thing we want to talk about is just kind of how the pandemic has been able to um, affect this business and whether it has or whether you've just been kind of just continued to scale and grow through it because we all know through this time that the automotive industry has been hit like very, very hard um, during this time with car sales. So has it affected uh, my karma at all? Oh, yeah, we'd be lying if we said it didn't affect us, right? It, when it affects your customers, it affects you. But the lucky part was, you know, I'm very tuned into experiences, right? And I had a, a Audi, which I used to take to Beverly Hills Audi. It was a pain in the butt. It used to take me like one hour to get there, one hour to get back. So I got frustrated. They were a customer. I said, hey, you want my car? You charge me an arm and a leg for service anyways. Just come get my car. And he said, okay, I'll get your car. First time was just flawless. The guy showed up. He had a sheaf of papers that big. Maybe yeah. some 10 places. And I said, <laughs> whatever, you know, take my car. Second time, he's late. And I have to go to Long Beach, which is south. And he's coming from north. So there's no chance to meet anywhere in the middle. I'm calling the store. I'm calling the driver. The store guy can't get a hold of the driver. Anyway, the driver gets in, gives me some kind of lame excuse that his, his phone was not didn't have a good signal or whatnot. Or he didn't actually, I don't think he had my number or whatever. So it delayed me a half an hour. I said, you know, if this is the case and traffic is increasing on the freeways, these owners all think that they need a big mausoleum, right? Nobody wants to go to a store. You might have the best barista coffee there. Well, who wants to go to freaking Beverly Hills just to get that coffee? No, I'd rather you pick up my car. So we came up with pickup and delivery two and a half years ago. We were a little ahead of the curve. Very so, out of the curve. <laughs> yeah, and we we launched it, and BMW picked it up, and Mercedes picked it up, and whatnot. But what happened with the COVID thing is I launched an adapt and overcome package, which was I gave for two and a half, three months free, basically pickup and delivery to That's all awesome. existing customers and new customers too. If you were not on our platform, you can get on it just as a gesture of good faith. We have completed 50,000 pickup and delivery trips in the COVID period. That's amazing. Through our software. And it looks like Uber. You can track the car. You can tap on a button, call the driver. It'll go through a ghosted number so they don't get your mobile phone or vice versa. And it's all very slick. They can do a video walk around when they're at your house to document the damage on your car. So you can't argue with them. It's totally transparent. And it's super easy. And you can pay on your smartphone before they come out, right? That's so that way you can sign on the on your phone. So we built all of that two and a half years ago, and we we feel like 
you got go back to the old adage I said, you know, convenience, transparency, and feedback. These are the hallmarks of building any customer interaction management product. If you want to make the experience better, these are the three things you focus on. And it'll build impeccable trust. If the customer trusts you, they're willing to pay 10, 15, 20% more to come to you. Would you agree that Starbucks is not the best coffee in the world? Right. No, it's not. But it has one of the largest following. Why? Because everybody knows when you come there, there's a defined experience. You know you'll get your grande, latte, whatever else you want to put in there. There's trust. You've been able to build that trust. Your trust. And also, if you ever say the coffee isn't good, they're not going to do anything. They'll say, okay, keep it aside. Here's another one. Right? Exactly. Costco the same way. Right? These so are you've been all- able to create the systems that help enable the businesses to be able to have that kind of trust with their clientele when, you know, most companies, they don't utilize the technology to be able to complete that. That's amazing. Um, so we're, we're at the end of the podcast. Ush, how, how do they contact you about um, this company? And maybe we have some, some um, people in the auto industry. I know yeah. we, we need to talk after this because I'm already <laughs> starting to invest in a soft, software that's exactly what you've already created. Yeah, um, so right. how do they contact you? Yeah, so the easiest way is my email, which is my first name dot last name, uj, U-J-J dot nat, N as in Nancy, A-T-H, at mykarma.com. And I promise you, I've got 9,000 emails I haven't read, but I still get to every email by the weekend. And it just keeps coming. Well, so, you heard it, people. Well, I appreciate your time. Uh, and also, you can get me on LinkedIn. On LinkedIn, you can connect with me, and that's probably an easier way to get to me. Yeah, that's how actually we got connected. So yes. I would recommend finding him on podcast, U-J-J-N-A-T-H. Check him out on LinkedIn, guys. Hey, thanks so much for being on the podcast, Uj, and have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Tom. Appreciate the time, okay? Hope I was helpful. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for listening to the iSmart Podcast Show. If you are a business owner with multiple streams of income or professional who would like to be on the daily program, please visit iSmartNetworks.com slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with hashtag iSmartPodcast. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? We'll promote you and your business to our media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up? In your podcast player right now, please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. While you're at it, hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow. That's right. Seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 minutes a day. Thanks for listening. And thank you for being a part of the iSmart Podcast.